When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The following is a Hoop Bowl presentation. I don't feel like I bring the energy enough at the beginning of this podcast, especially compared to Dr. Noble. He really, he brings that heat with ball in, ball out. I, I can't, it feels silly when I do it. So I'm, I can't, I just, I'm not going to do it. And Dr. Noble is working today. He's doctoring. That's, He's doctoring. That's how he got those letters before his name by actually doing work. Meanwhile, it's his, side gig. his side gig is doctoring. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, Eli is five weeks into being a dad. Uh, so he's a disheveled mess. I'm a disheveled mess, and I don't have that excuse. Um, but there's, it's a podcast. It's time to get one done. It's ball in, ball out. We're the Hoop Ball yeah, Lakers it's, pod. It's not a video pod, so you don't have to look at us. That's right. Uh, we, c- we could potentially look at each other, but I turned my webcam off to save. Yeah, we chose not to. <laughs> so I'm Dan Baspers. He's Eli Bauman. What's up, man? How's, uh, how's week five treating you? It's great. It's wonderful. Uh, we have plumbers at the house so if it becomes very noisy um it's because of that my wife and daughter are mercifully not here for them um but everything's great you know if i black out in the middle of a thought <laughs> that is because i am not sleeping yeah it's not your but, internet uh, connection that's actually I'm not just having Eli. a miniature stroke uh <laughs> it's not my internet going out it is just my brain uh, taking a mini siesta. Yeah, that's fine. You got to grab rest where you can. Nap when they nap. That's the old thing. But it's like Dude, I can't nap. I can't. I'm. It's. I have napped when she's napped zero times so far. Oh, that's brutal. And plus, yeah. also the other side of that is when they nap is the only opportunity that adults have to get anything done. That's so, right. I went to the container store yesterday. Container oh, store. You got yourself a bucket. Yeah, nice little Monday. Oh, beautiful. I didn't know yeah. if there would be time, but that's uh, that's good to hear. Uh, so we're talking Lakers. Obviously, it's Lakers pod. You can follow me on Twitter, at Dan Baspris, I believe. Well, Eli, are you are you back? No. Okay, so some controversy, and I'm reaching out. This is a plea. This is a plea, a podcast plea. I tried to, I went off the board with my original um, Twitter handles that I had pitched to our audience, um, and I tried to get Nick Van Pretzel. <laughs> And I, I did everything. I signed up. It was good to go. And then I looked at my at, and my name was Nick Pretzel. <laughs> I just got because rid of it. someone else has Nick Van Pretzel, Dan. So someone has it. So you're just Nick Pretzel? So I'm just Nick Pretzel, which makes no sense. <laughs> no, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> it sounds amazing. It's a good name. I'm going to use it in a script. But uh, So I'm pleading uh, with... The owner of Nick Van Pretzel, who, by the way, has like four followers and two posts. He is basically inactive. I'm pleading with you, Nick Van Pretzel, to uh, bequeath me your Twitter handle. I will. uh, uh, I don't know what I'll do. I have very little money to give you. (laughs) But, uh, you know, we can we can negotiate. uh, And and please, I will I will reach out to you. I want your handle. Anyway, there, that's, there might be that's like a personal play. There might be like a rusty beer lying around that, that you could offer to, to Nick Van Pretzel. Sure, I got Coors Light. Okay, beautiful. Uh, although, I, st- I have to say, 
the Twitter handle at Nick Pretzel is is pretty cool, even though it makes no sense at all. It's, oh, it's great. I'm keeping it. It just has nothing to do with the Lakers. No, it nothing. just sounds like a it sounds like a dentist. It sounds like a dentist. Or I was thinking like a like a cartoon detective was the first oh, thing yeah, that popped in my like Nick Pretzel. Yeah. Knocking Nick on, Pretzel. Yeah, he's investigating whatever Nick crime Pretzel that may be. P.I. Nick, <laughs> Nick Pretzel P.I. That's exactly right. Uh, so Lakers Media Day, I think that's where we got to start because that's, well, either that or the fact that Jimmy Butler doesn't want to play with the Lakers. Let's go Media Day first because that was all day yesterday. It, it aired repeatedly on uh, Spectrum Sportsnet LA. I think that's the right one. I might yeah. be getting Prime Spectrum sure. Prime something. Sure. I don't know. I can't, I can't keep it straight. Uh but it was, it was awesome with, I don't know, a couple maybe exceptions. I, I felt like seeing Lance Stevenson at Media Day was kind of an exception to the awesome, but maybe I'm alone <laughs> in that one. I mean, he was the one guy who went on camera and was just like, no, I don't like Media Day. Like, Come on, yeah, Lance. He, didn't get, he wasn't very festive. He was not. He wore festive shoes, but his body didn't match them. Everybody else felt pretty, I mean, LeBron was like a smile from ear to ear the whole thing. He was thrilled. Yeah, I, I heard I heard a quote that from some, you know, friend of his, quote friend of his, but they said that LeBron was quote the happiest he's ever been, which I thought was uh was nice. He deserves to be happy. Well, he's got shows in the works. He's got that HBO show. He he did a voice yeah, he's in He's got that. mad show. He's like the Shonda Rhimes of the NBA. <laughs> he's well, like all over the place. I think he did a voice in that Bigfoot movie, right? Yeah, I guess so. I don't yeah. I don't know what he's doing. LeBron, but yeah, man. He's, He's living it up. He settled in quick. That's for darn yep. sure. It was almost like this wasn't a spur of the moment decision. That's that's true. He's also one of the rare people who moves to LA and immediately books a ton of acting gigs. <laughs> that's well, I, yeah, that doesn't he moved, really seem he fair. He moved from Ohio to LA and booked a lot of acting gigs. That it, is like unheard of. It seemed like he should have had to work as like a server for a while, right? That's that's true. I did see him at a uh, Dave and Buster's. Yeah, <laughs> was he playing the basketball video game? Yes. He yeah. No, he was serving beers. That's what I mean. Oh, okay, good. I, I mean, you could still play the basketball video game. Yes, but the, uh, probably in his off hours. So, All what, right, did you, Dan, what did you take away? Yeah, We're what did enough, you take away? Enough BSing around. No, the, I mean our whole our whole podcast is BSing around. That's what's the great about it. Tell me about yes. tell me about Media Day. What what were some of your takeaways from that one? Okay, so let's let's start with the visuals. Um, we have I don't really know who Gunner. Peterson is I believe that's his name other than that he's the Kardashian uh, trainer who now works for the Lakers who's now the Lakers team trainer but I was really struck by the Lakers wide team buffness uh, like everyone <laughs> got jacked in the summer uh, it reminds me of like my freshman year of college where I just like gained a lot of like muscle mass I was on like a whey protein um and it's just, uh, it was just everyone got bigger. Uh, Lonzo got bigger. Uh, Kuzma got bigger. Ingram went from like a bean pole to a telephone pole. Um, it, it was, it, it looks like people have at least been working in the weight room. So that was kind of my initial visual impression. Um, how about you, Dan? What did, what did you, what was your kind of initial thought about the team uh well on the on the weight room stuff everybody was talking about lonzo being huge for some reason yeah. that was like the guy that got almost all of the attention uh, uh, in fact brandon ingram was on the the tv desk for a little bit and they were actually saying like well brandon you didn't put on much in the way of actual pounds 
but we hear you're stronger. And he was like, yeah, I feel stronger, which is fair because, you know, we've talked on this podcast before that, like, there's never been a skinnier player that moves other people around quite like Brandon Ingram does. So, That's true. Yeah, he, he proved that last season. Yeah, he doesn't have to be like a big hulking monster and probably wouldn't fit him to yeah, be so. Yeah, it doesn't fit his body type. I mean, like, best case, he's he turns into Durant body-wise. Yeah, you I, know, think, I we, think that's his closest body comp. Yeah, and Kevin's still pretty a pretty narrow guy by all. Yeah. I mean, especially yeah, important, yeah. compared to NBA players, I guess. Um, Kuzma, he talked a lot about how he felt like the sort of the grind, uh, you know, beating on guys, big, strong dudes every day, and just, like, great players every other night really wears you down. I think a lot of these these sophomores, these young guys on the Lakers are ready for this year. They're, they're, they're sort of more ready for the length of the season, even beyond the, the actual muscle mass part of it, uh, yeah. which is a good thing. And I remember that, you know, I've never actually played a professional sport but i did cover a professional sport team and travel with them and the length of a season and this was baseball was just insane you know 100 yeah. 140 games the lesson i learned after year one was like don't do anything fun outside of the actual game and i i think young guys have to learn that lesson uh in the nba as well and in, in any major pro sport you go home and you sleep in between or you're just not going to make it uh, yeah. And it was cool to hear the guys talk about sort of understanding the grind a little bit better. And that's a big part of it. Yeah. Other than Josh Hart, who is just built like a, a brick uh, S house. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> I'll spare you having to bleep me. Um, it seemed like everyone kind of wore down by the end of the season. You know, there was a lot of kind of, you know, Lonzo kept getting injured and yeah, there were like eight healthy players at the end of the year. Yeah. Ingram kind of ended in, and Kuzma kind of dropped off by the end. Um but I think, you know, one thing I was thinking about is this team is going to be really deep. I don't know quite how Luke's going to figure out the rotations. But, you know, even though we have kind of a bench full of weirdos, they're like all guys who have played significant minutes before. Like we don't have those kinds of rosters where there's like three or four guys at the end of the bench who aren't going to play. Um, or like, you know, certainly not the, uh, the Thibodeau lineup where like six <laughs> guys total are going to play. You know, I think we're going to go 10 or 11 deep at times. And um, so hopefully that will, will spare everyone, including LeBron, who's 34 now, some, some wear and tear. Um, some, some other things, some other quotes from the non-LeBron people, because we'll get to LeBron. Um, I think one thing that feels like a theme going into the season is how Rondo and Lonzo are going to coexist. Um, I've heard a lot of like pundit talk about how you know, Rondo's going to kind of intimidate him and this, you know, this might create some friction in the locker room and maybe that's how it plays out. But going into the season, unless everyone's kind of full of crap in the exact same direction, uh, that does not seem like it's going to be the case. And it seems like quite the opposite. Um, Both of them and their pressers talked about how active Rondo has been as a mentor mentor already to Lonzo. Yeah, to a lot of guys, actually. That that blew me yep. away. Yeah, exactly. Because that's certainly not what his reputation was. His reputation, at least until last year, I feel, was that Rondo was a loner and kind of antisocial. Um, and, and there were whispers coming out of New Orleans that that had really changed last year. Um, and it certainly seemed like evident in his play his entire career he's always been a really unselfish player on the court 
Um, but it seems like off the court, something something shifted. Um, Lonzo talked about the fact that they watched film together. He described it as the, quote, best film session he's ever had. Um, I thought it was interesting that the film session they watched was Lakers versus Pelicans. And basically, Rondo <laughs> pointed out all of the things Lonzo should have done or could have done better when they matched up. Like, you didn't guard uh, me at all. Here's how you should have. Yeah, or just like this, you know, you went under this screen. Like, I wanted you to go this way, and you went that way. Um, I, I doubt that, you know, one thing I think is interesting about these two players specifically, and Lonzo mentioned it, is like, they're actually their games are actually very similar. They're both completely unselfish. They're great passers. They're great defenders. They're great rebounders, re- rebounders for their position, and neither of them can shoot for... <laughs> so I, I do think that they're they're kind of the Spider-Man meme of of looking at each other in the mirror. And I'm sure that that actually is a huge bonus when they're breaking down film because Rondo can really point to what he's doing or what he's seeing out there or what he's navigating. And, and Lonzo doesn't have to extrapolate it very much. It basically is what he should be doing or not doing like verbatim. You know what I mean? You know what was weird to, uh, though on that front was uh, when Luke was on or, or Coach Luke Walton, maybe I should be more clear, was on the, the TV set and they asked him like, hey, doesn't it feel at times like Rondo and Lonzo, you have these two guys that, that play very similarly. He sort of held back in saying that he agreed with that. He said he agreed that they can both impact the game without scoring but he didn't. He didn't go so far as to say he felt like their games were sort of going in the same direction. I feel mm. like there's something, there's something sort of up their sleeve on this one. Like maybe they want to turn Rondo into more of a scorer, and they didn't. It was hinted at, but it was never spoken. It was very weird. And I well, maybe I'm reading I too offer, much into can it. Can I offer a theory? Yeah, I, maybe I'm reading too much into it though. Well, no, I think you're actually reading, reading into it the correct amount but let me just let me just go in another direction and this is just like from an emotional direction is i think they from a management perspective or from a coaching perspective they are very much they want there to be um competitive pressure for lonzo but they don't want there to be comparative pressure for lonzo i do think that they don't want this to they want this to be a friendly competition between those two and to push each other but not to be a thing where especially if Lonzo's hurt for the beginning of the season which it sounds like he will be you know it sounds like Rondo's going to kind of start all preseason and probably early in the season and let's say that goes well i think they don't want this to be a thing where it's like well Rondo's just a better version of Lonzo like, I don't think that that's what they would want to encourage from a narrative standpoint. Mm. So maybe Luke is trying to set that tone early. I could also be totally full of crap. And, no, that uh, makes a just... lot of sense. That makes a ton of sense where you don't want to you don't want somebody thinking about sort of the negative aspects of it. What if I don't make it to this level? What What is he doing that I'm not doing? It should all be about his own growth. And uh, yes. that's good. This is probably where we need our, our staff psychiatrist on the podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> to shoot this down is just total, total crap. Well, too bad. He's not here today, so we're rolling with it. Um, that's I, right. You well, know what I thought could, was really interesting yeah. on the Rondo yeah, front, too, was the his his friendship with Kyle Kuzma out of the gate. That was like, you figured that there would be a big mentorship aspect with, with, uh, with Lonzo as the point guards. But apparently, he's really taken coups under his wing on kind of the same 
film sessiony th- deal where I-, I guess Kuzma like texted Rondo a video of him in a pickup game saying like, "Is this what I should have done here? Is this what you were talking about?" Uh, that's pretty neat. That's like something you do to a new boss when you want to get in their good graces. <laughs> you know, true. that's like extra credit. I, I'm still working and I'm not even at work, boss. I'm staying after class. <laughs> but that was pretty cool, though. I mean, he's working with I everybody. I love that. I love that. Uh, a couple things. One is that I th- really the best news that we could possibly get is that Kuzma is so focused, like is really going to double down on defense. That was the only really glaring hole in his game yes, it was. last year. And I do think that, you know, if he's going to be, you know, I'm not going to use the word star, but let's say he's going to be a really key contributor on a championship team, which is, I think, a realistic goal for him. He needs to become a really good defender. And so far, I've been nothing but encouraged, both by his getting in shape. LeBron, well, we'll get to LeBron in a minute. Um both by him coming into camp in excellent shape. And what you're describing, I bet that the notes that he's asking for, for the most part, because he and Le- he and Rondo do completely different things offensively, um, is about defense, positioning, you know, kind of how to, how to help, you know, screen work, all that kind of stuff is, I bet, what they're texting about. So that is super encouraging to yeah, me. Yeah, I like that a lot. And and Rondo's at a point in his career where he's probably not fast enough to do all the stuff that he's telling right. other people to do anymore. But that doesn't mean he doesn't know what should be getting done there. And these young guys are fast enough to do it. So it's uh, right. it's pretty good. And Luke, uh, you know, the other thing that he mentioned, and obviously you, this is like common media day refrain, but... He did spend almost the entire interview on TV talking about defense, that their first yeah, practice defense today. defense and fitness. Yep. Defense and fitness. Their first practice today, which you know we're recording this on the 25th, he said was going to be only defense, just all day. I love it. Uh, we'll see if it I pays it. off, I guess, because they're, they're going to need to guard some people. But, uh, man, it's really hard to talk about this team without mentioning LeBron. I was going to say offense is going to probably take care of itself because there's this guy that's really good that I don't want to talk about yet because we have so many things to we're discuss gonna, on his we're behalf. Gonna get there. We're going to get there. <laughs> um, uh, uh, you know what's interesting, though, is other than Kuzma, who I think is kind of not naturally a defensive-minded guy, you know, when you look at kind of the main rotation players, and I know that this is a weird lineup. I mean, I know it's a weird roster, and trust me, everyone in the media has expressed that point ad nauseum. But when you look at the people individually, Lonzo's an excellent defender. Uh, KCP is a very good defender. I mean, that's kind of his calling card. Um, JaVale McGee's a really good defender. Uh, that's pretty much the only thing he's good at. Um, Ingram has all of the makings of a really good defender. He's really long. He's athletic. Uh, you know, LeBron... And Rondo, I would file under the same category as like they used to be crazy good defenders when they were athletic. Now they've they've probably lost a step um, or at least are managing their energy in a different way. But there is something that happens when you lose a step where, you know, both of those guys are incredibly smart players and you have to think the game in a different way when you can't rely on your athleticism. So those guys are going to know exactly how to position yourself, how to manage your energy, you know, how to be effective in a way that isn't 
reliant on just being athletic. So that should really transfer to those guys who are still athletic. It's like they get the best, best of both worlds. Um, you know, and you go down the roster and there's just a bunch, you know, Lance for all of his flaws is a good defender, at least a, a, a an interesting, interested defender. <laughs> uh, so, you know, and, and Josh Hart is an incredibly good defender. I think like, you know, I think people are kind of sleeping on Josh Hart a little bit. Um, oh, I, and I think he's going to have a monster, monster year. Well, he was clearly uh, the best player in summer league or, you know, top two or three yep. at the very least. Yep. And he's just strong. He's a pit bull. I mean, LeBron's going to love him. Lo- absolutely love him. And he can I, shoot. I felt like it was interesting. A lot of he basically there was no questions uh, uh, aimed at Josh Hart. Yesterday, I thought that was kind of a glaring omission. I wouldn't be surprised if he's in the starting lineup by December. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, should we? Well, oh, I have a couple quick hitters. Do you have anything else on on uh, on these these characters? Um, they did a whole profile on JaVale McGee's fanny pack, but otherwise, I think we're good on that front. <laughs> yeah. So two 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 last quotes. Um, Lonzo called Rondo one of the smartest dudes I've ever been around. That is a clearly a, uh, you know, a thing that pretty much every player, including players that did not like Rondo, have said. Um, and one thing I thought that was interesting about Lonzo uh, uh, referring to Rondo is he also said that Rondo is extremely vocal in practice and that Lonzo is inspired by that. And he knows that's something he needs to work on from oh, last season. That's right. I forgot about that whole exchange. And then it came up with Rondo and he was like, listen, the way I got that way was playing with KG who used to yell at oh, everybody yeah. all the time. One of the best defenders of all time, KG. Yep. And the anchor on that team. I mean, he, he told everybody yep. where they had to be. It's really helpful yep. to have a dude on your team. That's like, okay, this is where everybody needs to be. And I will yell at you until you get there because not everyone on the team is going to, be able to see the floor like that. I mean, some of these guys have that sort of IQ on the offensive side, but you need a guy who can be your anchor on the defensive side. They, they've got oh, it really? in football. I mean, football, it's like the most obvious thing in the world. They've got the defensive captain who moves everybody around. Basketball teams really need that as well, and, and not every team has it. Yeah, and unless you're going to have a, a KG-type guy, I think both on defense and offense, you want that guy to be the point guard. You know, I think that was one thing Magic was always incredible at is he he really led both by example and vocally. And I think if Lonzo is going to reach his full potential, he can't just be the the silent guy who, you know, is just just kind of leading by example and is in the right place. He needs to be a leader on this team. And I think we're discovering uh, with someone we'll get to later um, and Kawhi Leonard, that um, who perhaps should remain uh, voiceless. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, that if oh you're boy, gonna if you're gonna really be a leader on the team, you've gotta you've gotta to talk. And uh, lastly, I don't know um, what you're talking about, Eli. Kawhi was very vocal at Toronto's media day yesterday. Oh my god! Oh my good lord! Uh, yeah. Uh, last last quote from the non-LeBron guys. I'd like to get to Javale McGee said, quote, I like to play with grimy guys who like to get down, <laughs> which is pretty much uh, 
Well, if I were ever to get a tattoo with a script, I would like to have that be my tattoo. Grimy guys who like to get down. Yep. I Yikes. love that. I absolutely love it. I'm gonna I think we're gonna fall in love with JaVale McGee this season. That's my prediction. I mean, if he sees twenty minutes a game, he could be like top five in the NBA in blocks. That dude is crazy. He's so he's athletic. a crazy good ath- athlete, and I think you know, he's gonna do some dumb this season. I mean, we mm-hmm. might as well just brace for that. Um but I think it's gonna be way more positive than that. He doesn't really have to do very much on offense except catch lobs. He's got a ton of people who are going to throw throw lobs to him. Um, and then he just needs to clean the glass and block a few shots and have a, a rat tail haircut and wear a fanny pack. That's all he has to do. <laughs> and he's going to... And he will excel. I'm Yeah, I'm excited. I like JaVale McGee. That was not... One of the signings that upset me. You guys, you, well, it's not, it's only two of us today, but you know the one that bugged me and still I does, sure do. and that's old Lance. I what sure do. What the hell is he doing out here? Well, uh, he may not be around for long. And hopefully he's so buried on the bench that it, uh, that it won't matter very much. Um, yep. Should we talk about LeBron? We've, yeah, we've enough buried. foreplay. All let's, right. LeBron. Yeah, let's, let's get to it. Happiest man on planet Earth. Yep. So thrilled to be at a media day event which is just nuts. I've never seen an athlete truly happy to just sit around and talk to members of the media for like four hours, and he was. He's just so stoked. I mean, I didn't. I never watched a Cavs media day. I don't know if this is what it was like. You said before <laughs> that so. somebody, his, his buddy was like, this is the happiest they've ever seen him, but like, I've worked media days. No one is that happy. The staff or the players. You're just like exhausted from the run-up to the season and you want to get your quotes and your liners and go home and eat a, your last home-cooked meal for six months. <laughs> right. But he was he was so jazzed and it was awesome. This is going to be it kind was, of a fun it, year, isn't it? I I have never been more excited for a season except for the first Shaq uh, Kobe year. Mm. Um. I am just uh, here. Here's what I loved. I mean, I loved everything about LeBron yesterday, but I think what was perfect is it was a mix of like unbridled joy and like very serious business. Like when he wasn't smiling ear to ear, he was like very um, businesslike. Yeah, you know, measured. Really, really serious. Um, very measured. Very well, yeah. So for the the first part, I guess you know, I think you're right on that. He was very measured. He really, he really dipped into the kind of like cliche bag to tamp down expectations. Uh, you know, there was a lot like just just some kind of quick quotes. You know, he said, you know, we're going to take our bumps and bruises. It's going to be a learning process. I don't think that winning a championship is the only measure of success. We're starting from scratch, um, which all kind of sounds like qualifiers to a very slow start, a very slow start. And, you know, kind of everyone keeping their expectations in check, but and maybe I'm crazy, but like there was a real confidence behind those, those qualifications in a weird way. Like, I don't even think he believes those things. Oh, no. He definitely doesn't. I'm a huge proponent of lowering the bar. 
I think totally. that's I think that's a wonderful strategy in life. Anytime uh, my wife is trying to describe a show or movie she likes to one of her friends, I always tell her to to just tell them it was fine. That's the right. Be- yes, exactly. That's the best strategy, so that then these people go in and they're watching a show and like, oh, well, you know. Jess, Jessica Bespris told me this was the greatest damn thing they've ever... There's no way to live up to that expectation. So I think yeah. LeBron did a wonderful job. You lower the bar, so that way you're not like pole vaulting over it. You just step over that joint and people will be thrilled about it. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, he's just such a smart guy and he he understands the media so well. I mean, I think other than the decision, which was like one of the top five, like worst moments in sports media, <laughs> in my opinion, uh, do they all involve Jim gray? The top five. They uh, might. He's the worst. Oh, brutal. Uh, where, why does what? I don't like, know. I don't even anymore. know what he does anymore. It's like, seems like he crawls out of a cave every like five years to just like <laughs> all over the bed <laughs> of, of sports media. Um, yeah, I haven't it's seen just him in a bizarre. While. Like, does he work anywhere? Like, where is he? That I don't know. I really it's don't like, know. It's like they shine whatever. It's like instead of the bat signal, it's like the rat signal, and he just <laughs> comes out of the sewer <laughs> and just ruins everyone's day for you know every like every like presidential cycle. <laughs> that is uh, that is his thing. <laughs> Somebody said his name three times. Bet you didn't think we were going to crap on Jim Gray today, huh? Well, you were wrong. If you took the uh, if you, you took, took the, the money other. line on that, you got it right. Um, a couple other... I thought it was interesting, too. There were a couple moments where I think LeBron's real thoughts and attitude came out, which I just loved. Um one, there was a very long-winded question, so I won't read it back because you'll fall asleep, um, that someone basically asked him, you know, you've done all this stuff, blah, 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 you know, but now you're in L.A. and it's a huge spotlight. And, like, what makes you feel pressure at this point in your career? And LeBron thought about it for a second, and then he was just like, uh, uh, nothing. <laughs> yep, I believe that. And I completely believe it. And I think what's interesting is like, you know, let's say Kobe gave that response and you're like, that is definitely just like true of Kobe. Like Kobe is wired to not feel pressure. Um, LeBron, if you remember, even though he was always an amazing player from day one, LeBron, I think early career, you could have really made the case that he let pressure get to him. Oh, the Draymond Crick, the Draymond Green kick to his nuts, I think, was what knocked the the last bit of fear <laughs> out of LeBron. No, I'm 100%. I mean, it's funny, yeah. but it's also, that was the moment when he turned into uh, don't give a bleep LeBron. Yep. Uh, and since that day, I completely believe that he doesn't feel pressure. He's just like, whatever. I mean, he, he became politically outspoken. He's yep. doing, he started work on his school. Uh, he just carries his team wherever they got to go and like deals with the circus all the time. I, 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 and I also think it's why Dre was on LeBron's HBO show. I think that it was like, you got to be in this, in this barbershop talking with the rest of us because you are the guy that put me LeBron over the hump. That was the moment I thought when he went oh, for really being, interesting. I, I, I didn't think about that, but you're, he You're was like the last right. challenge. Played out of his mind after that. After that, right? So Draymond yeah. Green was like his final boss in this weird video game metaphor really for LeBron's life. He conquered all the mini bosses on the way. Right. 
but he never right. quite got over Dre. And then Dre kicked him in the balls, and he was like, no more. Yeah. <laughs> and That's it, really fascinating. I love it. I love Don't Give a Bleep LeBron. I, oh, I kind of hated I Care What Everybody Thinks LeBron because it was so, it was so fake. It was so obviously garbage. He was just trying to toe the line. And yeah. when, he, when he got off the line, oh, he's been awesome these last couple it, of years. Yeah, and I mean, I just remember, I remember that Celtics, I think it was game six of that Celtics series, just him biting his nails on the bench. And I just was like, oh my God, the like moment's too big for him. Yeah, and I not think, anymore. I think, you know, and it, it's, there was a book that just came out recently about that, uh, I think it was the first heat season when they lost to the Mavs. Uh, and, you know, the, 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 the way that it's written is like, I think the author uses the word choke. And there are many, many players interviewed who say basically some version of LeBron choked, like he wasn't up for the moment, that they were scared of Wade and not LeBron. Uh, and I, I think that that's accurate. I, I think that that was an accurate assessment of that period of LeBron's career and I to me I would have charted the the moment where it switched is when they won that first title with the heat I just think the weight of the world came off his shoulders but I think that I think that you're right in that the finishing boss may have been that Draymond Green uh, nut kick <laughs> so I hope I hope Draymond kicks all of our guys in the nuts yeah so they can just mature faster not everybody responds to a ball kicking the same way you just you, you gotta try it out and see what happens this feels like by the way and I'm sure you have more thoughts on LeBron from media day but this feels like a really interesting segue into uh do people want to play with LeBron because when he became uh don't give a bleep LeBron like you said, teams were afraid of D. Wade early on in those heat years. Uh, I don't think people were afraid of LeBron's superstardom at that point, but it seems like there are some guys that are now. Yeah, and I got to say, I just do not get this. Unless there's some stuff behind the scenes that we just don't know about that is like, oh, you know, like I think we know that LeBron is impatient and can kind of wear on people. Um, in the sense that like he has incredibly high expectations and he perhaps sees stuff that other people don't see and expects everyone to work as hard as him. By the way, like that sounds like every great player who's ever stepped on the court. Um, well, but I'm just like, about I don't understand too. these these dudes. I, I, you know, I and maybe we'll get to it. Um, you know, well, do you want to just get to it now yeah, and then we can circle back? There's a lot of this whole like everybody wanting to carve their own path thing these days. But I hope those guys know they're probably not good enough to win a championship that way. And I, I got to be real honest with you. I think the two guys that this is recently coming into focus on, which is Jimmy Butler and Kawhi Leonard. I got I got real news for you, particularly Jimmy Butler, like you ain't going to be a superstar no matter what happens. Um, I'm counting winning a championship. It's not going to happen for you. It's never going to happen for you. You're a great player. I think you're one of the top 10, 15 guys in the league, but no one's clamoring for the Jimmy Butler movie. No one is, no one's out running to buy their Jimmy Butler jersey. Um, you know, I actually think what's been interesting is there's been some buzz recently since Jimmy Butler demanded a trade from the wolves 
that, you know, Jimmy Butler's a bad locker room guy. Uh, that basically he's played for two teams and completely wore out his welcome with 90% of the players uh, in on both the Bulls and the Wolves. And, you know, I think sometimes you've got to, you know, if it happens once, like fool me once, shame on uh, yeah. on you, fool me twice, shame on me. It's like two teams where you kind of burn your bridges except for Tom Thibodeau. <laughs> for t- he is really the shame on me part of that expression. Yeah, it, it was really him is. Twice. It was- and, you know, and clearly, clearly the Minnesota management decided, I mean, other than Tibbs, you know, the, I don't think it's coincidental that the day day after Jimmy Butler demanded a trade, they gave Carl Anthony Towns a $190 million extension, basically as an FU uh, to Jimmy Butler, because, you know, basically everyone thinks Jimmy Butler hates Towns and Wiggins. Uh, and I think he so, probably does. And oh, he definitely versa. does. Yeah. Um, and I think it's mutual. I think exactly. that, that, you know, we have to look at that. I, you know, I think the Kawhi... I mean... I, Let's save this for the end. Let's circle back to this, okay? Because um, because I don't want to. I don't want to. We got to get that Kawhi thing last. Um, <laughs> other other oh, quick Kawhi. quick hitting LeBron thoughts. Um, I love that he called Magic Johnson Irvin. <laughs> oh, that was that, great! I noticed that too. <laughs> I just think that like underscored the kind of like all business attitude. He's like, I'm not even going to give this guy call this guy by his like ubiquitous nickname i'm gonna call him irvin <laughs> i like loved that uh a couple other things uh, there was a dave McMenamin interview i don't know if you saw that but is he back um, in la now he's back in la thank god for him oh boy. he's had the other than lebron i think he's had the best off season oh yeah uh, nba off season <laughs> he's just following braun now He's the yeah. He's the new Windhorse. New Windhorse, yeah. <laughs> you said it before. We'll I get, can say it. We'll we'll get to him later too. Oh boy. Um, but anyway, there was a point during that interview where basically McMenamin gave him like kind of quick hitters, you know, just like say the first thing that comes to mind about these guys, which is always a good interview tactic because it doesn't allow the person to stall um, and give you the kind of cliche answer. So he asked LeBron. You know, he just said Lonzo. LeBron said, "Destined quote destined for greatness," mm. which I was like, "Okay, baby, let's let's hope that that's true." Uh, while we're Lance in the business Stevens, of while we're in the yeah. business of not setting expectations, exactly. But I think that what was nice is this was kind of the like unfiltered portion of the program. Uh, he Lance Stevenson he oh, called God. quote a dog. <laughs> uh, Brandon Ingram. He said, quote, look out, I think he's next. Basically saying that I think he's like going to be the next superstar, uh, which I thought was pretty yeah, crazy. That's, but that's, I think awesome. That's, that's what most folks, I, I mean, looking at other teams and stuff, the guy they all wanted was Ingram. That's, that's correct. Um, and then the Kuzma one, it was not really an interesting quote as much as the, the notion he basically said that Kuzma's been like incredibly dedicated, like physically and mentally, to getting better, and he he loves that and expects big things. Um, and I thought the only thing that LeBron said that was completely nakedly full of it was he said, "quote Blaze Pizza is the best pizza in the world." 
That's just not true. Uh, which is just like categorically untrue, and there's no way that LeBron believes that. But what? he is a, a, a investor in Blaze Pizza. Ah, uh, so. well, then put the pieces. I, I have not ever had it, despite working for a team called the Blaze for six years. <laughs> um, I don't know if they, they they weren't really that big when, when I was up in Bakersfield, but I guess I'll have to try it. I mean, if LeBron says it's the best. Uh, Dan, it's fine. Okay. It's a chain pizza. <laughs> Thank you. It's a chain pizza. Thank you for place. setting the bar uh, nice nice and low. It's fine. Yeah, it's below, it's above the Domino's, Pizza Hut, Papa John's, and it's below pretty much any other pizza place. Okay. Is it priced uh, adequately? Yes, it's priced adequately. Okay. So That's fine. That sounds fine. It's a fine family uh, takeout meal. That sounds fine. That sounds so, just fine. So speaking of <laughs> expectations. Okay. Um. There has been a real trend, and I've we have discussed this on this pod, but there has been a an off season trend where the media punditry has continually, relentlessly, um, I wouldn't even say lowered expectations. They completely believe that this Lakers team is not going to be very good. Um, they've pretty much universally said that they're not sure that this is a playoff team. It's a weird roster. It's not a good roster. The pieces don't fit. They're definitely not going to win the championship. They don't know why LeBron signed on for this. This has been a consistent drumbeat. Um, and I just like, don't understand what they're talking about. I just, you know, I always come back and I've I've been part of this contingent where you you want something new to happen, something unexpected, and unexpected would be for LeBron to fail at something these days. Sure. Right, uh, narratively. Right. But that's not a fun narrative. That's just a weird narrative. You just you know, want to like, be right. You know, I think people want to say something different and then be able to say, remember that time I said something different and was right? Because those totally. are memorable moments. Because then if he succeeds, they go, well, man, you know, you learn you never underestimate LeBron James. And it's like, <laughs> and like, it's not really a, you know, they're not, they're like going out on a fake limb. But I, I honestly think these guys seem to believe it. Uh, or at, at least Brian Windhorst, who has said, you know, who I think is very credible and especially in things LeBron oriented. And he just said, I just was watching him today, and he just said, I don't know if this is a playoff team. You, uh, you know, I, uh, I've i just heard this over and over again, and there was a, a New York Times article this Sunday by Mark Stein, who, by the way, I did not know wrote for the New York Times now. Um, and this was really interesting to me. So I get the, the print New York Times. I am one of the few people under 60 who still gets the Sunday New York Times in print. <laughs> and uh, so the headline of the article, and, and I cannot find exactly what it is because I threw out the paper and for a reason that I will get to in a second, it is unavailable online. Um, the original headline was something to the effect of LeBron may bring Showtime back in year one but he's unlikely to bring playoffs. Hmm. Okay, so that was the headline, the original headline of this article on Sunday. The, uh, what do you call it? The under headline, I don't know what that is, was stayed the same. It said, um, LeBron James faces a tough, tough uphill climb to make the playoffs. 
And if you read the article, that's basically the tenor of the article. Now, I searched for the article this morning to send to you, and the headline had changed. The headline now reads, Can LeBron James bring back Showtime in year one? Don't bet against him. Aha. Which is a completely different headline than the original headline. Um, it's possible, you know, the way newspaper headlines work is that a lot of times the editor writes the headline. You know, they're trying to get people's eyeballs, um, which would go back to your point. Um, and I'm, Mark Stein was probably like frantically calling someone on Sunday being like, hey, that is not what I wanted to say. Um, in those terms, can we change this back? Um, but I mean, Jesus, I mean, what is what is happening here, Dan? I don't know. I mean, I do think it mostly comes back to that. that everybody's just got to have a story about LeBron. Right. They need a take. They need a take. Everybody needs yeah. a take. And the the very simple and probably correct take Occam's razor, I guess, is he's going to be good because he's always been good. And there's no reason to really think he's not going to be good. So people go hunting, sniffing for truffles here, trying to find something to unearth to say why this is not going to work. And there's, you know, there's plenty of obvious reasons why folks can claim this isn't going to work. It is a weird roster. Uh, There's a Lance Stevenson and a Michael Beasley on the same (laughs) roster. And it was yes. by choice. Like, someone set this up to happen this way. Uh, but LeBron is happy. Happy LeBron feels like probably a good thing. You know, it's not going to create maybe the same pressure for some of the other guys. I just, I don't know. I, I think I think it's good, actually. I think it's good for the Lakers locker room to have people doubting them. Oh, it's them. definitely good. They oddly, so they got the best player in the world and one of the two best players of all time. And somehow the whole summer they've been getting bulletin board material about how they're not going to be that good. Yeah, maybe that's why they signed all these yahoos. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, all right, bring in Lance. That'll get at least one article saying how the Lakers are doomed. Beasley, that'll probably buy us too. Great job. Nicely done, guys. Uh, everybody shakes hands, leaves the conference room, and then they just start clipping newspapers the rest of the summer. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's, that's, that's right. They're playing chess, man. They're playing chess. So what's, what's interesting, yeah, maybe. What's interesting to me, too, and this is also in this article, but has also been a consistent drumbeat, is players, other not pundits, all think the opposite. Basically, all think that this team is going to be really good. And I think what's interesting, too, and there is a, uh, a quote. Um, let, me, let me find it real quick, real quick here. Um, but basically, I've heard a lot of things where people have just straight up said that like LeBron James is the best player on the planet and is not even close. Like I have, I've heard that from many different people. Um, let me in that same Mark Stein article, you know, I'm sure cause he was trying to be fair and balanced. Uh, Richard Jefferson, who has played with LeBron for a bunch of years in Cleveland said, quote, when he went back to Cleveland, I promise you, he didn't go there thinking, okay, it's time to go to four straight NBA finals. Um, but would anyone really be surprised if the Lakers made the conference finals? He's that good. Anytime LeBron steps on the court, he's the best player on the court. There's a bigger gap than I think many people would really believe. And I just think like somehow people are underestimating LeBron, which is inconceivable to me. (laughs) And I also think as, as 
someone who watched all 82 Lakers games last year, I le- really think people are underestimating this Lakers team. I think the core was really good. We were really feisty all season. Um, I know we finished 12 games under 500, but there were points in the season where it looked like we were a 500 team. Um, yeah, one of the best records in the NBA after mid-January. That's not that's not a short sample no, size either. It's not. That's and you want to be peaking at that. You want to be peaking in the second half of the season, especially especially when you're not going to make the playoffs. The fact that we still had a good record, even when there was no incentive, and everybody was hurt on top of everything else. And was everybody like, was hurt. You're right. Mishmash guys going out there and getting it done. It's uh yeah, I completely agree. The Lakers' core is vastly underrated. And I don't think, I mean, if they weren't any good, I don't think LeBron would have actually done this signing. I I know that he wants to be in L.A. and he has all these other things that he's got going on, but he also wants to be able to compete. And the core was important to him. They needed to be at least decent. And I think they're better than that. They're better than decent. They're way better than decent. Also, two things on this whole, like LeBron moved to L.A. to be a TV entertainment icon. Let me just tell you, First of all, he had a sh- he I think he still has it. He has a show on Showtime for like 3 or 4 seasons already. Um uh, what is it called? Is that- Survivor's Remorse. Like he hmm. sold many projects to TV from Cleveland. And also it's not like he's going to be filming Space Jam during the season. He's going to be filming it during the summer, which by the way, he spent the summer in LA the last like 4 summers anyway. And, like, you can film a movie in a summer. Like, it's going to get filmed in three months. So, like, it, you, don't, you don't have to live in Los Angeles year-round to have a movie career. You just don't. So that narrative, I think, is also way overhyped. Um, and thus concludes my thoughts on LeBron James. Uh, okay, can, so... Sh- sh- should we finish with... Yeah, who? Why don't why don't people want to play with him? We we asked Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> oh my sweet Jesus! <laughs> How about that, huh? That is the weirdest laugh I have ever heard in my entire. What's that, Eli? You want to hear it again? I would love to hear it again, Dan. Thank you. <laughs> So that was Kawhi Leonard at Media Day in Toronto. Yep. Uh, so, so that's Kawhi Leonard being like, I'm stepping onto the world stage after saying, I want to be a super duper star. Uh, and that was what he unleashed to the world. Um, Dan, your thoughts? Um. That was unusual. <laughs> I've seen a lot of uh-huh. I've seen a lot of really good memes built out of it. Uh, I still would love to have him as the Lakers' number two superstar. Oh sure. Um, sure. I don't care that yeah. someone had to like press the laugh hotkey to make it happen. Uh, the, but the other side of this same forget the Kawhi laugh for a minute is so many guys and we, and you already had the Jimmy Butler rant. It seems like the who is the right fit for a LeBron second star? It's going to have to be somebody who's not 
like bent on setting out and and being the the superstar, the number one guy on a team. How do we find out who those guys are? Uh, I mean, I have this weird inkling that Kevin Durant is going to end up late. I know everybody says New York, but I have this strange feeling that KD is is the guy that's going to be that, like, I'm okay with being a 1A. I don't know well, why. He definitely seems like he's okay with that. Uh, I It does seem like there's a weird drumbeat building towards that. Uh, I don't quite get it. Um, I, I as, a, as a person who disliked when the heat formed kind of i mean look that's going to be the best team in the league if that happens if durant comes to the lakers um i just kind of don't want it to happen in the way that it feels a little bit like we put in the cheat code and like it feels like when you're playing fantasy football and a team's out and they trade the best player that they have to their friend who's in contention and you're just like wait a second Mm mm-hmm like you suddenly got the best player and the second best player, um, but I would not be surprised if, you know, we all noticed, and especially you are like requisite cap guru. Um, you know, when they got rid of Luol, when the Lakers got rid of Luol Deng, it it conveniently made the exact amount of money it would take to sign Kevin Durant. Yeah, um, by design. Well, I think it'd be nice if the Lakers had somebody kind of fun-loving on their team as the second superstar. Don't you agree? Well, you know, I'm a, I want Clay. I still, I'm still beating the Clay drumbeat. To me, that's the most fun version of events. Um, you don't think you, know, you don't with, think Kawhi is fun? I mean, he thinks he's no. fun, right? No, he's. Well, yeah, give it, give it, Dan. Okay, hit it. I'm a fun guy. <laughs> can, you, can you do that one more time for the people in the cheap seats sure let me let me let me rewind it here the magic of the internet what's that Kawhi? i'm a fun guy sounds like a fun um, guy so so two notes on that one is um that is the least fun sounding person i think i've ever heard uh that is like a, a monotone saying of i'm a fun guy is just ridiculous on the face of it um the second thing is anyone who says i'm a fun guy is by definition not a fun guy um like anyone who proclaims like you know i'm smart i'm a i'm a smart person <laughs> i'm a fun person is definitely not going to be either of those things so not a good look for Kawhi, I think. Well, you know what he has to say about that? <laughs> oh, my God. All right, I'm well, done. I'm you done should make that, that your ringtone. Uh, I don't think I'd ever hear my phone. <laughs> that's true. Like, that's what true. is that? What is that? Got off on the, oh, I guess it went away. All right, that's fine. Uh, okay, so we picked on Kawhi a little bit because that was an absurd sequence at Raptors Media Day, but he's still a top five player in the NBA of and, course he is. But uh, you know what, Dan? Back to, your, back to your original question. I think what's frustrating to me about, about this is the answer to like who is the best fit for a LeBron team is Kawhi Leonard. It is Jimmy Butler. It's exactly that type of guy. It's a non-superstar superstar who kind of like does a lot of things, is going to play a lot of defense, who's going to play hard, but like doesn't really deserve the spotlight. Like, that's exactly who should want to, the exact kind of person who should want to play with LeBron. And the fact that they want to play with the freaking Clippers is 
both of those guys, like, I think that really proves who those guys are deep down, that they think that playing for the Clippers is a good idea uh, to become, like, a superstar. Like, trust me, Blake Griffin and Chris Paul and DeAndre Jordan played for the Clippers, and no one gave a crap. No one in L.A. other than, like, Ethan Teller. Shout out, Ethan. A, a, <laughs> shout out, Ethan Teller. Like, gave a remote piece of crap that those guys were in town for six years when they were good yeah they were good they were exciting so like you're just kidding yourself i actually now hope both of them play for the clippers and uh good good luck to them after all of this and then we can wrap things up after all the things we've seen happen over this summer who do you think is the lakers second superstar next year if you had to put a bet on it right now. Who do I think they want or who do I think they're getting? Who do I think actually who do you think actually ends up in LA? Hmm. And I forget the full list, but obviously you've got Kawhi, Jimmy Butler, Kevin Durant, if he opts out, which he probably will, Clay Thompson, um, I think Kemba, right, we said was on that list as well. Like mm, K yeah. guys. Uh there's one or two other names on there that I'm I'm blanking on right now, but uh do any of those guys end? Honestly, like the guy that seems the most likely of that list is Kemba, but they definitely don't need another point guard. Well, and I think that that the Kemba question will be if that is an option. I like Kemba Walker a lot. Um, I think that is entirely dependent on the year that um, Lonzo Ball has. I think if Lonzo looks kind of like a lost cause this, this season, and boy, do I hope that that's not the case, and I don't think that will be the case. But then if you're if you're basically going, okay, like Lonzo's not going to be a cornerstone of this franchise. Maybe he's a backup, you know, then a Kemba Walker makes a lot more sense. Um Oh, Kyrie was the other K. I don't know how I Yeah, that's Kyrie not ha- that. Kyrie's not yeah. happening. He's staying in um, Boston. I think he's staying in Boston. So here, let me let me do this kind of a different way. Um I'm looking at the list of guys. Oh, Chris Middleton. Um, that was another K. So I like Chris Middleton. Um, obviously that's not like a big splashy guy, uh, by any means. No, but maybe he should be. Maybe he should be. I mean, I would love Chris Middleton to be on this team. Great. Especially, especially like, let's say LeBron's, uh, prediction for Brandon Ingram comes true and he is the next best thing. Uh, and you see that this season, like, let's say Brandon Ingram becomes an all-star and you're like basically going, okay, we've got our, our, here comes here comes Dan, second banana. Um, <laughs> to I me, Chris Middleton is the third best player on a championship team, and I have like no doubt about that. Yeah. I do not know that he's the second best player on a championship team. I think that's I think that's perfectly accurate. I think it's spot on. Uh, and we've talked about most of the other guys. Boogie is going to be a free yeah, agent next year. No, I don't think so. No, I'm just looking at a list here. So they have Trevor Reza, no. Jabari Parker, definitely no. Harrison Barnes, no. Al Horford gonna, has a player option. He could potentially... He's not going anywhere. Yeah, seems unlikely. Uh, Paul Millsap has a team option, no. Tobias Harris, I like him, but no. Uh, Julius Randle has a player option. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that seems unlikely. Uh, unlikely. Uh, Porzingis, no, he's not going anywhere. No, so it's uh, gonna... Kawhi. It doesn't seem like is coming. Uh, you know, there's just no real indication that that's going to happen. Although I kind of like the fact that people have given up on Kawhi to L.A. That's the that's the perfect moment. That means something's happening behind the scenes. 
Yeah, and I, I still think that, like, let's say we're good this year, but not great. Um, you know, like, we're a four seed, we get to the second round. Wait, no. How many rounds are there? Uh, second round, and then there's a third round, and then there's the conference finals? Uh, is that right? Thir- third round, I believe, is the conference finals. Okay, so let's say we get to the second round or the conference finals, but we get smoked in the conference finals. I do think that if if... I think the Lakers will get a meeting with Kawhi, and I I have faith that a Magic Johnson, LeBron James sit down to be like, look, we need you, and you're going to put us over the hump. And trust me, the Lakers are going to do more you than the Clippers. Um, I believe that they could sell him. Um, so is Kawhi your pick? Is you think he's coming, or do you think it's somebody else? No, I think. <laughs> uh, okay, so not Kyrie, not Jimmy Butler. Not Carl Anthony Towns, obviously. I that leaves I feel you. like it's going to be Clay, Clay, or that leaves you one of the two Warriors, basically. As the top I think it's going to be one of the two Warriors because I don't think those four Warriors are coming back. I do too. So I I think one of them is leaving, and I think it's either Durant or Clay, and I think one of them will be the second Lakers star. So I'll that t- there I'll you go, Durant. a long winded path to getting there. Long-winded path to Clay on your side. I'll take Durant on my side. I agree. I think it's one of the dubs. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being Kawhi at the end of all that. No, I think it's going to be... By the way, I've just for, to be clear, I think it's Clavrant. Like, I think it's <laughs> one of those two guys. I don't have a feeling either way about which is more likely. I hope it's Clay. I, I would be pretty okay with... Uh, with any of these guys. Yeah. 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 Can't be be choosers here, I guess. Uh, All right, let's wrap this bad boy up. A lot of good stuff on this one. Media day happened. Practice is happening. I think as we practice, practice, we're talking about it. It's happening because we are today's Tuesday, right? We are three weeks from NBA opening night. We're three weeks and two days from the Lakers opener, which is of course that Thursday. They're making us wait a little bit longer, which is cruel and unusual. But uh, we'll get there. Eli, uh, go get a little bit of rest if they're not, like, hammering on something right now. <laughs> I'll do my best, Dan. Yeah. I'll do my best. <laughs> that's, that's thank, you for, thank you for carrying me on this one. Not, a, not even the tiniest bit. You were ready to rumble, man. Seems like you've been uh, speaking to something that can't speak back lately. That's very true. Yeah. You get That's a little. Very true. You get a little. Uh, it's it's a little a, punchy. Yeah, a little punchy. <laughs> Completely true. He's Eli Bauman. He is at Nick Pretzel. I mean, we can give it out, right? <laughs> right for, for now, I'm at Nick Pretzel. I'm at Dan Bestman. <laughs> this is Ball In, Ball Out, a hoop ball presentation. We'll talk to you soon. This has been a hoop ball presentation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.